And the title of my sermon is Five Alive. Okay, because we're going to de be dealing with the five E's. In Victor Outreach, why don't you take our classes, the Vossum classes, the, uh, 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 also the module classes. You'll, you'll learn that Victor Outreach pretty much is run on the three C's and the five E's. The three C's are cause, corporate, and community. Community is family. We're a family. And, you know, that's one thing you can spot. Even in Australia, when I was in Australia, you could spot the family atmosphere already there, the Victor Arch family. And other churches can spot it as well. It works like a family wherever we go. Uh, that's the community. Then we have the cause. We're going to take the world. Uh, come what may and may will come, not only in the calendar. You know, one of them shots. Uh, and then we have what I'm going to cover a little bit on today is corporation. Uh, we need that. And we figured that 8% of the people are involved in corporate. The other 92, no, but, but you know, a small rudder, you know, runs the whole ship. And about 8% of you have that, that corporate gift. But we need you so desperately. And we're going to cover that a little bit today. But I'm going to be talking about the five E's. Envision, evangelism, exaltation, equip, and establish. Okay, look at John chapter 6. We'll begin reading there in verse 5. Down to verse 12. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked us only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not be enough bread for each one to have a bite, even a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a gang guy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, more than enough, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over from those who had eaten. Father, I pray, Lord, for miracles, I pray for the going forth of your word, let it produce 30, 60, 100 fold. Let your word, Lord God, go forth and, and find uh, good soil, Lord God, good soil upon the hearts of your people here, Lord God. And let us respond, Lord God, uh, accordingly. Lord, this is a, a sermon, Lord Jesus, that goes right along with the mighty men of valor because we're getting ready to go down, many of us, Lord God, and, and be a part of the, uh, this great ministry, Lord God, of Victory Outreach, Lord Jesus. And I pray for Victory Outreach Hayward, Lord God, that we would uh, be able to fill our position, Lord God, that you have called us to do within the overall ministry of Victory Outreach. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me just throw in a word for next week's sermon. Okay, we should all be back. Hopefully, we'll all be back in full force. Uh, uh, Tim, uh, one of our piano players, and also Veto, one of our worship leaders, they're currently in Manila, and they asked if they could stay, uh, uh, you know, a couple extra days, and I said, fine. Uh, you know, we've missed them for the last two Sundays, but next Sunday, we'll be back in full force. Uh, the men will be back. Mighty, mighty, mighty men. Uh, and so, I'm going to speak a sermon that I, that I had planned, and I had mentioned to you before, for you not to miss. On, 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 it's actually dealing with worship. It's on the book of Revelations. You don't want to miss out. Dealing with the seven seals, okay? And as a matter of fact, I'm very, very tempted to go into teaching and preaching for the next few months just in the book of Revelation. I'm very tempted. I've got some material on it, and we may do that. It's going to be a bit mind-blowing, but not really, because uh, the Bible says when you read the book of bless uh, blessings, when you read the book of Revelations, you will be blessed. And so I want our people blessed, so we may go into that. We were supposed to go into Ephesians two years ago. Uh, 
two years ago. And I'm, I'm getting ready for that, but <laughs> I'm really, really, uh, so pray with me. It's either going to be Ephesians or Revelations, but the Revelations, it's real simple. It's really, you know, and, and it, we should get to know about it anyways. Because some people get all, well, what does it mean, you know, the, this, that, and that, that the, you know, the, all these different figures that are found in the book of Revelations. Well, they can be figured out, those figures. Okay? Figure that one out. Uh, and we're going to be maybe breaking it up. When I took uh, 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 in Bible school, when I came to Revelations, I, I mean, I was like an A-plus student. I really, I, I wake up and stuff like that. And I think many of us do. We like all that stuff. We're going to be challenged. So uh, I'm going to bring out some of my old past college material plus some new material that I've gotten on the book of Revelations. And, and, and real, real simple, but it's, it covers the entire book. And we may be able to cover it within a few months. So I may do that. But this next Sunday, we'll be dealing with worship and the seven seals who can open them? It's going to be, I think it's going to be a bit profound, okay? And uh, maybe that'll get us ready for our study in Ephesians. Hallelujah. All right, five alive. The five E's. I've mentioned before that uh, growth or life costs. How many know that? How many have had babies? I have. You all heard the diaper story. Some of you heard the diaper story. Remember when I didn't have no diapers and, and my wife was all mad because of Esteban? Uh, he needed diapers. Guess why? Uh, and uh, we were arguing, and, all, and so I went to the, uh, the, to the uh, uh, garage to pray, and when we came out, when I came out about 45 minutes later, there was two Annies, the Annie Angels, I call them, uh, and they, were, they brought us like about 12, 12 basketfuls, how funny, uh, there was about 12 basketfuls of groceries, and guess what was in it? Chut up, Esteban, uh, things to make them be quiet, uh, diapers were in there as well, uh, and uh, so... Life and growth costs, but I've mentioned before, so does death. Uh, I mean, I just did a funeral, a number of them, but especially my dad's funeral. And I know that Renee would know and understand death costs too. The caskets, my goodness, all that money, the plot, everything costs. Thank God for insurance, praise the Lord. Uh, but man, so it's up to us what we want. Do we want to pay the price for life or do we want to pay the price for death? Some churches don't want to grow. They just want to you know us four or no more. The, the chosen frozen. You know what I mean? They just want to stay in that little, little, you know, and you bless me, I bless you, and oh, how happy we can be, you know, all that stuff. But you don't belong to that kind of a church. We're not into pain for death. Uh, and whenever I spot that in a ministry or whatever, I say, hey, hey, come on, come on. We got it. We got it. We got to evolve. We got to grow. And so you belong to a church that we believe in paying the price for life. That's why I have called this sermon Five Alive. Okay? Now, we're going to use the pattern there found in, in, in John chapter 6, verses 5 through 12. Primarily, mostly though, just 10, 11, 12, and 13. Now, the first E, first e that we want to cover here is found in verse 10 of John chapter 6. Look at verse 10. This is the first E, in vision. Verse 10 says, Jesus said, have the people uh, sit down, like the Pharisees used to say. There was plenty of grass in the place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Have the people sit down. That's the first E, envision. The first step to anything usually always begins right here. Sit down. Don't move. Uh, ever go to jail? Sit down. Hold it. Don't move, George. Uh, well, that's the first step towards heaven too. Hallelujah. Uh, sit down. Don't go nowhere. I mean, when I came into the men's home, uh, I couldn't go to the women's home because I was a man. <laughs> you know? But I, when I went into the men's home, that's what got me towards my miracle. I would have never got my miracle if I wouldn't have sat down. If I would have stayed utilizing my MO, which was? What? what? Runner. Come on, drug, ex-drug addict. 
uh, we're runners, we're runners. You know, I, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. I can't, you know, so we go to the bottle, we go to whatever. Uh, but finally, I said, forget all that madness. I'm going to sit down. I still remember very clearly and distinctly. Matter of fact, what's the day? March 12th. March 19th will be the, actually March 18th will be the day when I, I came to the men's home. Uh, it'll be 26 years, March 18th, hallelujah. So the 19th, next Sunday you got to be here. It's, it's time to celebrate. Pastor's birthday, hallelujah. Uh, but I remember sitting down and I finally decided I ain't going to run. And some of you have heard my testimony. Uh, I mean, they, they called me from this uh, narcotic prevention project, this place that had put me in the home, that had sent me there. And they said, your parole officer just called, your probation officer just called. He says, and if, he said he's going to come pick you up. So if you want to run, go ahead. They were trying to be nice to me because they were ex-drug addicts themselves. Uh, and then the pro probation officer called me. Uh, and then he says, Pineda, you're right. And he says, well, we're going to come get you. And I remember, I remember distinctly. I said, you know what? Mr. Wingate, come get me. You know where I'm at? I ain't going nowhere. He said, I'll be there in an hour. And I hung up and I said, come get me. And I went and I sat down. I remember I was sitting there. And I wasn't saved yet. I hadn't accepted Christ. It took me five days. Uh, that's a long time in the home. Usually you get saved right away. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want. Just don't take me back to jail. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Took me five days to get saved. Uh, but I'm sitting there and looking out the window and don't know where I'm going, but I'm, I'm looking at, you know, why was I looking out the window? Because I wanted to see him pull up. Uh, about an hour later, I get a phone call and, and he says, Pineda, turn yourself in within 10 days. He didn't want to waste the gas to go all the way to L.A. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> didn't want to pay the price. Praise the Lord. Uh, but the first step towards your miracle begins with sit down. Uh, and I remember sitting down and that's where God got my attention. Now, the people didn't have to sit down, but they did. Why did they? Because they were willing. Uh, they used, you know, their, their own free will. That's what God wants. He wants you to do it willingly, freely, out of your own free will. They wanted to. When I was in the home, I got my miracle because, and I was able to change because finally I wanted to. Before I didn't want to change. I'm not going to, you know, come on. Some of you have been involved in drugs. Fuel you. So he said, Well, I wasn't. You used to take pills, some of you. Don't lie. Uh, and, and, you know, I was a, you know, a, a sipper. I would just sip on weakest. Oh, Jesus. But still, that's alcohol's a drug. Ah, oh, man. So, so you, uh, you know, I didn't want to change. I, I was willing to pay the price. Go to prison for years. It doesn't matter. I, I, I loved heroin. I'm not going to lie. I did. Uh, that was my God. That was my all in all. Uh, but finally, man, I got, like they say in the world, sick and tired of being sick and tired. Finally, that's why I sat down and said, man, this is madness. Uh, can a drug addict really change 26 years ago? I said, can you really? Man, if so, I'm going to stay right. Because I saw some guy, one guy that I'd been in prison with, he was in the home. Then I, then I saw all these other guys, and I said, these guys have been around. And you could tell. Uh, and I said, man, you know what? Maybe, maybe a drug addict can't change. That's when I sat down. I wanted to. See, you got to really want to. That's why when you, when you say, well, I, I want my son to go into the home. I want my daughter to go in the home. I want my dad to go in the home. But does he want to? Because if he don't want to, he ain't going to change. You got to really want. That's step one. Envision. Uh, you got to really want it. See, I, I was finally tired of running. And I sat down. Step one to your miracle, to your change, begins with a willingness. Uh, a wanting to. Sit down. And there's where the first E comes in. Sit down. Envision. See, sit down, don't go nowhere. Sit down, catch the vision of victory outreach. That's step one towards the vision. Sit down, 
Don't go to any other church. Do not pass and go to not collect $200. Sit down. Go directly to Victory Outreach. Uh, envision. Catch the vision. The only way you're going to catch a vision is if you want to. The only way you're going to catch a vision is if you sit down. Uh, that's how you'll catch the vision. If you're just, you know, every now and then come by around every now and then, you're not going to get it. Uh, I've said before, there's life outside Victory Outreach, but there's also life in Victory Outreach. Uh, and we need to understand that. Don't go nowhere. Decide with your feet. Decide uh, with your heart that you're going nowhere. This is going to be your church. This is going to be your ministry. Sit down. That's step number one. You've got to catch our vision. Uh, it's, it's so important that you be loyal someplace. But if you're always church hopping, going here and there, doing, you're never going to catch even the other church's vision. But whatever church you belong to, you've got to catch their heart. You've got to catch their vision. You've got to understand the heart of the pastor. You've got to understand the heart of Pastor Sonny. You've got to understand the heart of the elders. You've got to understand the heart of our ministry, of our leaders, of our pastors. Sit down. Ah, take some notes, hallelujah. See, step one begins with a willingness. Do you want to change? Do you want a miracle? Or in this case, do you want to be a part of a world-changing, world-impacting, world-shaking ministry? Sit down. Sit down. Pay attention. Come on. Ah. Then sit down. Catch our vision. This is so very vital. This is so important. This is first step. Burn your bridges. Drop your anchor. I mean, I even tell our people, I don't have this in my notes, but I, was, I wanted to and I'd forgotten, but again, it's coming to me right now. I even tell our people, especially those leaders, who are involved in ministry, the first thing that you got to do if you're single, <laughs> I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter. The first thing you got to do, I'm discipling right now. I mean, you know, I mean, you got to love God. The, the person you're going to marry, they got to love God. That's first. That's first. That's first. They got to love God. But right after that, especially in this ministry, they have to have the vision. <laughs> I have seen so many people, especially the guys. <laughs> girls come and get in between them. Hi. <laughs> what color is your car? Oh, you have a big Bible. <laughs> I like the way you smile and laugh. Gee whiz. I can't believe that you love me. And the guys just melt like butter. They've gone from vision to vision. Uh, they lose the vision and they get another vision. Really, that's what they call it, vision. That's what they call it, vision. Hey, you got a vision yet? Yeah, she's my vision. Ah. And if they don't have the vision, really, I said, because I've seen so many girls and, and even guys come in and, and take some of our best leaders. Because now they got a different vision. Ah, they got to go. Sit down. Catch the vision. And that's step number one. Ah. Drop your anchors. Burn your bridges. Get rid of everything else. You know what, I, you know what an anchor is? An anchor is something that when the storms come, Okay. You might, because you're going, this is going to happen to everybody, every Christian. Every Christian drifts a little bit. Uh, but if you have an anchor, you can't drift that far. If you want to, oh, look at that church. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Really, even when we have the revival, don't try and proselyte other people from other churches. You come to our youth group and we're kicking. Kick them out of here. Kick them back to their church. Because uh, they have to have a vision for their church. But do the same with our people. Say, hey, don't you be, be, be careful. Uh, because you have to drop the anchor. And that's step number one. Is this your church or is this your ministry? Then sit down. Put your roots down. Drop your anchor. That way when you want to drift, no, 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 no. I know God called me to this church. I know God called me. You got to put all your marbles in one basket. Real important. Uh, for your benefit and for our benefit. It'll benefit you. Uh, look at Colossians 4.10. Colossians 4.10. But keep a marker on John chapter 6. We're going to go back to it. I've used this in my dream team sermon. Tychicus, remember it? He was in verse 7, Ty Cobb, the first hitter in, the, in God's dream team. But batting third was a man by the name of my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus. Sends you his greeting, as does Mark. <clears throat> you know, Aristarchus was actually a Greek, like Aristotle Onassis, Ari. That's a, that's a, that's a Greek uh, pretense or whatever, pre, you know, Ari. Aristarchus. He was actually a Greek, but he was in prison, and guess who his fellow prisoner was? Paul. And back then, when they were fellow prisoners, they used to be shackled one to another. They were shackled. That made him a fellow prisoner. <clears throat> they had to go together. Uh, sort of like, you know, two worship leaders, hallelujah, sitting by the same, you know, shackled together. Uh, and so wherever one went, the other one went. And I've mentioned before that, <clears throat> can you imagine being shackled to, to, to Billy Graham? Sooner or later, you're going to get saved. Or can you imagine being shackled to Pastor Sonny? Sooner or later, you're going to catch a vision. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, was like the Billy Graham of his era. He was like the Apostle. He was like Pastor Sonny for us. Uh, I mean, he was, he was the main man there. And sooner or later, Aristarchus is going to get saved. A Greek is going to become a spiritual Jew. And sure enough, it happened. Uh, because he was stuck to him. Sit down, Matilda. Come on, Harold. Because sooner or later, you're going to catch a vision. You be shackled to people like us. We're contagious. Mm, we are. I'm sorry. Uh, and you should see our young people coming, these new preachers. My God, they're worse than us. They're really sick. They are sick. And they don't want to get well. Uh, listen to Timothy and, 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 and Sonny Jr. And, 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 and Al Valdez and all these young guys. Huh? I'm t they're sick. Uh, why do you think the gang is growing so crazy? Uh, but listen, us older folk, we've been around too. Uh, I mean, Aristarchus finally got converted to Christianity because he hung around. I mean, you stick around Victor long enough, you're going to get it. It's going to be part of you. You're going to dream about us. Pretty soon you're going to be in the dreams. It won't just be, you'll be flying with us to Australia. Huh? Because that's a world-shaking kind of a ministry. Catch the vision. Uh, I mean, he was his fellow prisoner. Catch the vision. Make up your mind. Make up your heart. This is my church. This is my ministry. Victory Outreach. Sit down. Uh, I mean, today, really, the five E's. Make up your mind. This is going to be my church. Irregardless of what happens. Uh, and, and just for your own good. If, if you don't want to, it's, you're just visiting. or It's okay. God bless you. But wherever you go, catch the vision of wherever the, the, you know, the, that church has. 
But we're talking about Victor Rich Hayward here today. Sit down. I mean, and I know the battles that go on with people. I know almost every battle. Almost all of you here have gone through some battles. I know because I know almost all of you. And I know what it is when you came in. I know how difficult it was. Uh, because it happened to me. I was in the home and I'd been there four months. And I was, and I was listening to KFSG. It was a radio program. And I, I, you know, I had taken media and radio and television and stuff in college. And so I was, all that was coming back to me, I said, man, you know what? I could be a Christian disc jockey. These guys are dead anyways. I mean, I was all of 24 years old. I was still young. And all this, you know, bringing in the sheaves. That's what we were playing. And that was the big hit songs back in, you know, 26 years ago. <laughs> we will come rejoicing. Shut up. You know, man. I said, I, I mean, uh, we can do this. I mean, my daughter already, my other, my other daughter, you know, Stephanie, she already wants to be a, own a radio station. She's going to call it K-Cross, K-R-O-S, K-Cross. I said, Dad, they don't have enough hip-hop. I said, honey, they need bringing in the sheets. Uh, hip-hop style, though, you know what I mean? And they don't have no rap music, and rap and hip-hop are number one in the world. And Christianity, they don't even play it, Dad. I said, well, get your own radio station. She goes, I am, K-Cross. Uh, I'm going to cross out all that madness, bring it in the sheaves, cross that thing out. Uh, so I know what the, the fight that you have to go through, but that's, that's your first step towards where God wants you to. Catch the vision. The second E, evangelism, is also found there in verse, chapter 6 of John, the same verse. Verse 10. Jesus had the people, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 men. That's evangelism. About 5,000 men. That's a whole lot of evangelism. 5,000 people. Now, Victor H. Hayward, we used to be known for evangelism, but we've been slipping lately. Thank God for the Steve Bone concert and the other things that we're having. Shaking the bay. I mean, we're still pretty good. If you want to compare to church, we're better than most, but I'm not going to do that. I want to compare myself to God's word and, what, and God's spirit, what he wants for our lives. And we're slipping here. We're drifting a little bit. We've got to drop back our anchors. We've got to get back to our evangelism. I mean, we're, we were known big time in, in the early days of Victor H. Hayward. Our people, they knew us by... We witnessed anything that moved. You know, as soon as somebody went to give a flyer, you said, you're from Victor Richa. Because we were known. We're from Victor Richa. Uh, what a great jacket to have. Yes, I am. Uh, man. See, in the Gospels, most of the four writers of, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they, they don't include a lot of things in the Gospels. Like, they might include the Mary washing Jesus' feet. Maybe two of them include that. Maybe some of the parables, maybe just... Two of, the, two of the writers might include, you know, some of the parables, but they omit a lot of stuff. But when it comes to go ye into all the world, all four Gospels mention that. All four of them say that. At the end of their Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right at the end they say, go into all the world. All four of the Gospel writers include that. And that's for a reason. That's for a purpose. Uh, go into all the world. So my, I just ask every one of us here, what part of go don't you understand? Hmm? Or is it no, 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 no. It's go. Go into all the world. Again, usually the last thing somebody tells the person that, that's maybe taking him to the airport or taking him on, the last thing a person says before he leaves on a trip is really the most important thing, the heaviest thing upon his heart. And the last thing Jesus told us was to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So that's, you, you know that's got to be heavy upon Jesus' heart. Evangelism, the wheat of heaven. Ah, 
See, the churches that are really doing things in, in the world, in this planet today, by and large, are churches that keep evangelism at the forefront. Uh, and, I, and I study different churches, the churches that are being effective. And we're called to be an effective church. But we have to keep evangelism at the forefront as well. We need to get there or we need to get back there once again. See, let me give you, or let me give us a scripture regarding evangelism that most people don't see as, the, as an evangelistic scripture. But I've covered it before. Look at Matthew 21, verse 33 and 43. Matthew 21, verse 33 and 43. These are scriptures on evangelism. Matthew 21, 33, and 43. Do you have it? He says, listen to another what? Parable. Remember, parable means what? Parallel. Paralleling heaven and earth. Spiritual and the earthly. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. When you write to the farmer, what's the farmer supposed to do? He's supposed to plow the ground. He's supposed to take care of bits. Huh? But look at verse 43. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. He says, but these people, they didn't take care of business. They didn't, they didn't till the ground. They didn't evangelize. By and large. That's why it's an evangelistic scripture here. It's a parable about evangelism. It's a parable about, you know, working in the vineyard. It's the parable about bringing in the sheaves. It really is. Because sheaves are sheaves of wheat. Uh, but we need to write a hip-hop bringing in the sheaves song. Uh, but that's what it's all about, evangelism. The, see, the Jews had gotten comfortable. That's why it says there, you know, a landowner. Then he rented it out. When he did his, he, he put a, a watchtower there. He put a hedge of protection. He put a moat. He took care of Isaiah says he, he got rid of all the rocks. He, he prepared the land really, really nice so, so the, the people could rent, it could be rented out and they could, they could till the soil. But they got spoiled. He put a 7-Eleven there. And a Starbucks right next to it. With all kinds of chairs so they could sit down and lounge. A uh, cappuccino. Cup of mocha. Uh, so the Jews got comfortable. And that's what can happen to us. Now we got our church. Everything is nicey, nicey, comfy, cozy. And we can get comfortable, cannot do the master's work. The Bible says in verse 43, he says, I'm going to take it from you and give it to a people that are going to produce fruit. They're going to be willing to evangelize. That know the difference between heaven and hell. And are willing to stand in the gap. Only those people are going to produce fruit. I'm going to give it to them. I don't want it to be taken from us. We need to do evangelism. We need to evangelize. Uh, see, we've got a work cut out for us with this building. We have chairs available. Uh, man, we we, we got to bring them in. Two weeks from today is Family Sunday on the 26th. Four weeks from today is Soul Sunday on the 9th. Six weeks from today is Easter Sunday. We have, my friend, two, four, six. We have three intervals of times of periods that we can bring in people. Family Sunday. Bring, it's bringing your family. I got a sermon I'm working on for the family. You don't want to miss out on that. Uh, I've been working on this for Family Sunday for a while. And it's really going to minister to your family. But do you care? Are you concerned about your family? Or do you want them to go to hell? What part of go don't you understand? Uh, well, it's Family Sunday in two weeks on the 26th. Invite your family. It's in the bulletin. Okay, then in four weeks, it's Easter. We were trying to run other buildings, we couldn't do it. 
but it's okay. We're going to meet here on 9 and 11. But it should be packed every service. It's Easter Sunday in our own building. And that's what God wanted. Uh, in our own place. Hallelujah. First Easter. Praise God. But it won't be long again before we start knocking down walls. We're really getting close to, close to closing. Hallelujah. Uh, or should I say close to opening? Hallelujah. Then finally, we have Soul Sunday. Excuse me, that'll be in, oh, so that's what, Easter's in six weeks. Soul Sunday is in four weeks. Soul Sunday involves what we're going to do that day. We're going to give a prize to the person that brings the most people, the most souls. Uh, and I, I don't have the prize yet, but I guarantee you it'll be a good one. A date with two of these, one of these two young men. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Do you have the vision? Praise the Lord. Ah. Uh, uh, or the two young ladies back there because Veto's not here. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. Just kidding again. What did he say? Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Uh, uh, it's going to be a grand prize. It's going to be a great prize. And we've never done this before. But God put it upon my heart. That this, we're going to do it. Let's see who can bring in the most souls. So it's, that's what it's all about. Anyways, God's into numbers. He wrote a book called Numbers. Uh, say, well, we're, we're not into numbers. God's into numbers. Uh, can it, God wants to build a powerful church here. We've already got a reputation, but hey, let's, let's, let's live it out. Uh, Soul Sunday. What an opportunity to evangelize. See, I've always, like I said before, growth costs, but so does death. It's up to us what kind of a price we want to pay. The 30 is found in John chapter 6, verse 11. The 30. John chapter 6 again. Verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves and he gave what? Thanks. Exaltation. That's the 30. He gave thanks. Exaltation, worship, in other words. Look at Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6, beginning in verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, exalted, exaltation. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. They were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. The sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook. The temple was filled with smoke. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. Heaven is so into worship. Heaven is so much into exaltation of Almighty God that even the doorposts move. They shook. Some translation says the doorposts move. In the presence of God... Holy, holy, holy. In the presence of God, even the doorposts shake. But sometimes we come into the God's house and we don't shake. Nothing moves us. Let's raise our hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, God, you got my pinky today. You know, come on. What's going to move us? Even the doorposts move in the holy presence of God. Holy, holy, holy presence of God. Ah. Uh, Man, but some of us were deader than a doorpost. No wonder they got the same from there, huh? probably from Isaiah 6. Deader than a, she's deader than a doorpost. Nothing moves her. Some of us get like, all right, Pastor Steve, I dare you to bless me. Come on, come on, come on. Let, let, let it be a bless me sermon. Come on. Uh, man, you don't have to worry about me. The presence of God is here. We've come to worship God and glorify God, not me or the sermon or nothing else. Not even worship, worship. We've got to worship God. I've said before, when we come to, to God, there's an audience of how many? One. And why is there an audience of one? Because he's the one that has earned the right to sit down. Whenever you go to a, 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 an event or an athletic game, you got to pay the ticket, pay the price of the ticket, then you can what? 
Sit down and watch the, the, the athletic game. Well, when we come to worship God, we're the ones that are participating. He's the one that has earned the right to sit down at the right hand of the Father. He's paid the price on the cross of Calvary. We're supposed to participate. We're supposed to be in there and glorify. Man, this church, they stand up for so long. Well, we're supposed to. We're supposed to. We're participants. He's watching us. He paid the price. He's eating popcorn. And hot dogs and cappuccino at the end of the service. Hallelujah. Uh, he, he paid it, not us. We're, we're supposed to be over here and, you know, glorifying God. And some people say, man, look at that guy. He's 50 years old and still doing all kinds of calisthenics. And I, I'm gonna, I'll be 100 and still doing it. Because I know the Bible. I'm not doing it for you. I mean, last Sunday night, how many were here last Sunday night? Well, some of the homos here. The men, the men, did you see the men? They were... Did you see Dignified Anthony? Yeah. And the presence of God glorifying God. Nothing wrong with that. Man, a woman would want to marry a guy like that. Ah, as quiet as it's kept. Hallelujah. Ah. See, in Isaiah 6, when the prophets walked into the temple, he was coming for a funeral for King Isaiah, his cousin. But he didn't, what, what did happen? He saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw Almighty God. Ah, as we're, when we come into the house of God, we're supposed to see the presence of God. He's supposed to be here, and he's worthy to be praised. Yet again, more often than not, uh, too many of us come into the house of God, and, you know, and we don't even notice. Not us. We don't notice. Holy, holy, holy. See, our exaltation is a must. Jesus took the loaves, and he gave Thanks. He was into exaltation. The fourth E, I'm moving on quickly. The fourth E is equip. It's also found in verse 11 of John chapter 6. Jesus gave thanks and then he distributed. Equip. He distributed to those that were seated as much as they wanted. See, Jesus didn't leave the, the disciples and the people there ill-prepared. He took good care of them. He distributed them. They were hungry, they had a need, and he filled that need. That's what we need to do as well. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Take care of our own. Take care of our responsibilities. We need, that's what we have. We're having the envisioning classes. We're having the VASM classes. We're having the module classes. We're having phase classes, the level classes. Tomorrow, the gang girls have their classes because we have to distribute. Uh, we got to prepare you for the work of the ministry. See, with the little that he had, five bread, three small fish, that's all he had. And in Victor Average, we don't have a lot, but what we got? But I'm telling you, the day's coming. The day's coming. Pastor Sonny just built, well, he's, he just bought, and he's going to build two and a half acres right next to his property. He's going to build a convalescent home for the elderly, and he's going to have some rooms there. But then he's, the main thing that they're going to build there is a, a Victory Outreach School of Leadership. It's going to be the next stage, the next step after the UTCs. Right now we have the UTC, Urban Training Centers. We have the Vassal classes. We have the module classes. We have the phase classes. We have all these different teachers that we have. Sunday services, Friday services, so you can grow and evolve and learn. But we're, we're, someday we're going to have our own college. I mentioned this on Friday. I, I went Thursday to see a basketball game and to a, a, a Assembly of God church, and they got their act together. They got all kinds of stuff. But why, we're coming too. It's going to happen with us. I see it, and I'm willing to pay the price for it. But I, I'd like to have our, our kids go to our own school. Uh, play for the, our own team, number one in the state. Uh, hallelujah. 
uh, have a great track team running the Olympics from Victory Outreach Banner. Uh, yeah, I can see it. See, but education of the Bible and of ministry is so important. I've said before, Moses was the most educated man in the Old Testament and the most used man. Paul was the most educated man in the New Testament and the most used. Education is so important, so vital, and we need to understand that. Uh, then the fifth and finally is establish. Establish. Verse 12 of John chapter 6. Verse 12 says, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. Gather up the rest of the pieces, that nothing be wasted. That's meticulous stuff. That's organization. That's structure. Uh, that's concern. Because Jesus was concerned with organization. Gather the pieces, that nothing be lost. Nothing. I mean, nothing. That's, that takes a lot of organization. Let's get your computers out. Let's make sure every dot, every I is dotted, every T is crossed. And we need those kind of people in our ministry. We need to have this establishing within us. Uh, see, Christ was concerned with even, even the minutest of details. And that's where Victor Outreach is lacking. But these are going to change. When we go down to have elders meetings, man, you should see the kind of meetings we have with the elders, the kind that we're going to have with our leadership. That I've mentioned to our leaders. We have PowerPoint presentations. Uh, remember when we, had a, we were trying to get the men's home over here on... on, on, on Cherryland community. <clears throat> uh, and then we had a meeting with the Cherryland community. But remember, we, we flew in that brother from the mother church. And we had the PowerPoint presentation, blew them out of the box. They were like, you know, they, we, they, they thought we were just some Johnny come lately, fly by night kind of a ministry. We're not. Uh, and we came over here, look at the, and this part, and they were like, ooh, excuse me. See, that opens doors when you're organized, when you're structured, management. We need that. We need some of our kids to, to go to school and become lawyers and attorneys and, and, and some of them to go to school and become, you know, uh, you know, accountants. Accounting 101. I can't count that high. Eight. You know, accounting 101. We need brain kind of people here. Uh, that are going to help run the structure. Like I said before, a, little, a big ship is run by a little rudder. Uh, and that's going to be the people that, that have organization. But listen, we, yes, we have the UTCs. Yes, we're going to have the Victoria School of Leadership. But we need some people to go to Bolt Hall. Uh, and don't break in. Hallelujah. Uh, get in. Legally. The right way. And come out with your credentials. The bar exam. The bar. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll take that one. Uh, how many drinks, eh? You know, no, the bar exam. You know, the, the lawyer, attorney bar. Hallelujah. Uh, but we need some people here that'll just say, hey, hey, you know, come again. That's, that's not legally right. That's, we need that. Management. So important. Uh, people with these gifts, with these talents. And the heart. If you got the heart, if you have the vision and all this other stuff, look out. The sky's the limit. We need these kind of people. The organizers. People that are behind the scenes. Managers like Nehemiah. I have a sermon called Nehemiah. K-N-E-W. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. See, Nehemiah knew. He knew the need, and he knew what to do. You read the book of Nehemiah. He says, I'm going to need this. He knew what he needed. And we need those kind of people that know who we need. Well, how are we going to get the job done? What's it going to take to do all this? Well, it's going to take money for sure. We know that. Uh, no running away from that one. And in order to knock down these walls, and, but the sooner we do this, the better off we'll be. You know how many events they want to hold in Victor Rich Hayward? Major events, but we can't have them right now because everything else is spacious, but not our, not our sanctuary. And we know this, but we know what to do too. And we're going to have to do it. 
Then we can host all kinds of Northern California events here. Uh, because the city of Hayward will say we can sit 555 people. But we know better. Hallelujah. Uh, it's going to be a spacious place. But it's going to take a price. Uh, Nehemiah, uh, he, he was really informed. He was up to date. He knew the need and he knew what to do. And then he did it. Nehemiah, my friend, uh, had his act together to gather, gather the other parts, organize. Christ himself said, I must be about my father's what? Business. In order for us to go to the next level, we have to have our act together right here in this final E. Uh, it's very important that we have this, this final E together, established, in order to go to the next levels that God wants our ministry to go to. I mean, and we're getting there. I mean, we've got some phones right now. You should hang around with us. I copy. Huh? Oh, yes. Uh, do you read me? We're getting structured. We're getting better there. But we've got to get even better in order to take these things into the next level to operate. Pastor Sonny is always saying this. Yes, we operate in the inner city. But it doesn't mean that we have to stay inner city tactics and techniques all the time. We've got to grow and evolve from all these other people. Learn from these other ones and bring it into the inner city. The wedge principle, and just let it grow to the point and place that people will say, where'd the inner city go? To victory outreach, hallelujah. Ah, praise God. We're building bigger homes in the inner city. That's my house right there. I own it, I got my name on it. Uh, to God be the glory. Debt free, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, I'm going to finish with this. When I was in Australia, Pastor Sonny, he was like, he got on my case a taste here as far as finances. He goes, man, you're, you're so good at so many things. But when it comes to finance, come on, you got to get track together. He says, Steve, I think in the millions. So, well, our church costs a million. Anti <laughs> you know, uh, But I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to get some people, some ministers, some pastors within Victor Outreach that can think at least a little bit like him. To think in these big stuff, that we, things that we need to do. Don't let the finances stifle you and all this. Think big. Get in, because that's what it's going to take. Uh, can it, and it has to happen. In order to build all these big places, we have to have big thinkers and big bucks. We have to have a war kitty. We have to have something there that we can just tap into anytime we need to have a need. We got to do it. We gotta, I mean, for Josie to go to Manila, again, like that, that was an emergency. We needed $700 real fast. I don't know where she got it, but she got it. I was in Manila when she got it, so I don't know how she got it. Uh, but thank God she got it. Because I was praying for her. I said, man, she got to come back. Where's she going to get the money? But if we have that already in the work, kitty, boom. And it was in, of invaluable that she went. She needed to be there. She met with the governor. She met with 17 mayor's wives. Uh, and was able to, she was describing to me last night, all that transpired, all that happened. I said, thank God. what was happening there in Manila. And that's just the beginning. Envisioning, uh, equipping, exaltation, evangelism, establishing. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Organization. Organization. We need to evolve. Five steps to a miracle. Sit down, catch the vision. Gather. I want to pray before we close here. This morning, for those of you that need a miracle in your life, because this is a step towards a miracle. When under the gun, don't run. Sit down. 
I want to pray for those of you that you this sermon ministered to your life and you want to be a part of this and you know God ministered directly up your freeway. But I also want to pray for those of you that need a miracle because this is how to receive a biblical miracle. That's a miracle took place during that time. So if you find yourself in either of these two categories, this was more of an enlightening sermon. This was more of an educational sermon. And I wanted it to be as such. But also I know what can happen when God's word goes out. When it goes forth, miracles can happen. So if you need a miracle in your life or God ministered to your life through this sermon in one form or another, you say, I want to be a part of this. I, I want to sit. I want to make this my church. I want to make this my home. I want to put all my marbles here. I want to be, I haven't been evangelizing like I, and I know that I should. I want to get involved in education. I want to be involved in equipping. If that's you, I'm going to ask you right there where you're at to quickly stand on your feet. If you find yourself in either these two categories, very quickly, I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet right there where you're at. I want to say a prayer for you right there where you're at. Anybody else? This is my last call that we're going to pray.